Welcome everybody to the video and welcome ladies to this uh, very special video. Hi everybody. It's uh, nice to have you guys all here. It's crazy how difficult it is to organize everyone's calendars and times. We were meaning to do this actually on uh, earlier in March for actually like Women's Day. There's, you know, Women's um, International Day, I believe it's called. And we thought that would, would have been a really cool time to do it. But, uh, you know, schedules happen and whatnot. But nevertheless, I'm still very excited to kind of put this together and get to hear from some of the females in the finance space, which I know is a underrepresented space. Uh, I know that from my analytics and the people that watch my videos, and I certainly see that uh, around the investment space. And I just wanna say thank you to everyone for joining today. I hope that this is a really fun chance to, to talk and chat and for you guys to tell your stories. And we do have a bunch of questions, which I guess we could kick things off. Uh, as you go through, feel free to give a little introduction but um, yeah, why don't we do this? I think we'll start this off with uh, Joy, which here's up at the top here, top left. Maybe I'll put you up on the screen when you get the chance to talk, Joy. But first of all, congratulations on 20K TikTok followers. I know you're really doing well over there. Uh, absolutely blowing up. And the first question that I wanted to ask is like, what is the reason that you started a TikTok? Why did you put yourself out there to create content and to try to educate others? Yeah, um, I mean, I remember when I initially started to invest at the age of 19, I felt very alone. Like for me, there was a huge lack of financial literacy. Like for an example, what is a dividend? Or what does capital gains mean? You know? Um, so now when I create content, I keep one thing in mind. And that is how can I make a video that the 19-year-old Joy would understand? Mm -hmm. so, so to answer the question, the reason why I create content is so the most average person can understand it, even if they have limited financial literacy. Right. And that's because you felt that same way when you were getting started, that it was a bit complex and overwhelming and maybe didn't find the right sources out there. Exactly. Um, you're hoping to do that. Yeah, like I could watch a 20 minute video on how do dividends work and I would watch the whole 20 minutes and not retain anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think from from the comments that I've seen on your TikTok, your audience is really, really receptive to the way you explain and they really resonate with that. A question I have briefly, this is for you, Joy, but anyone else to feel free to chime in. Um, do you notice your audience being pretty much entirely females? Is it kind of a mix of both? Like who are the types of people that you were trying to talk to when you're creating videos? Um, yeah, so like I said, like, like beginner investors where they have literally no um, knowledge. Just starting, in yeah. In yeah, and um, it's 75% females, at least that's what TikTok says. Um, and they're mostly in Canada because I talk about Canadian stocks a lot. Um, and yeah. is that by is that by design? And maybe for the other ladies, like, do you purposely try to target females, or you're just speaking to 19, 20 year olds, people who are just starting, and they just happen to be females? Well, um, I I could jump in. I, I was going to say like I I started in uh, 2014, and and I it, yeah. it, was, it was actually because. Um, I wanted more women in this space. So that's why the, the my brand's called Financial Nirvana Mama and it was to empower women to invest. But since I started, like I find it's still predominantly men in, in my really? space. Yeah, like I've been this for a long time in the 
even like as an engineer, same thing, mostly men. Like in many of in many of the careers I've taken up. So, but I I just do it like, what are you saying? Like I just show up, and I hope that by showing up, having more female role models out there, that would be that would help bring up that you know to to have more women in the space because we need it. That you know, women seeing women helps. I, and I can relate to what you're saying, Joey, because I have 70% of my followers who are girls too. But something that I've observed is that most of the people commenting on my posts are guys. So it's huh. a lot of girls following us, it seems. But a lot of like the interactions and the comments about stocks or ETFs, or, it's guys. So I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because some girls feel a little bit shy or maybe I don't know what it is. but. Uh, but I totally relate to your TikTok demographics as well. Like I'm like 70% women as well. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's a fascinating comment about the comments and mm. maybe they're less less willing to chat, but they're certainly consuming it and probably, you know, learning and saving and liking and whatnot, but maybe just less so comments. Well, hey, let me move on to the next question here. Sorry, Joy, I get you here. Um, this is more, I guess, a question in general to anybody that wants to chime in, but what are some of the barriers that you've experienced in finance as a woman? And this could be in the workplace, uh, this could be in investing, like what are some of the just general financial barriers that you guys have experienced? It's a lot of mansplaining out there. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so true. That's a good one. That's a very, yeah. very good one. And that's, yep. Yeah. Maybe for, maybe for those that don't don't know mansplaining, if we have a bunch of, uh, you know, for my viewers, what, what, what would you mean by that, Michelle? Just like they they talk to you like, you know, um, like you don't know anything. Right. But meanwhile, you know, I have a finance like math finance degree um, and they just, you know, if I say something, they're very quick to like, you know, just kind of debate with you. and like, no, 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 it's this or you know, oh, that way is maybe not right. the best way. And they just kind of chime in. They're just very opinionated. Um, so it is a bit annoying. So when I first started, like I was in university and, you know, I, you know, I studied finance. So I knew a lot of like the terminology and stuff like that and the theory. Um, but then I, I remember like joining this investing club and I asked a question and then there was a lot of guys just like, um, like just, you know, it's like the bro, like the, kind of like the bro cult is like the bro culture kind of thing yeah. where you know you kind of think of it in like corporate like wall street it's like the guy culture kind of is just out there um and yeah. it's just is that kind of what you're getting at yeah exactly and they're like talking to me like i knew nothing right mm -hmm. and maybe they were being helpful um but i remember even later on like i was trying to have a conversation with like some other guy and he's like you know what that way doesn't work um you know and i was just talking about warm buffett right and he's like no his mm. strategies don't work i was like okay um but then like it just wasn't very encouraging so then i'm like you know what i feel like i have to do this alone i don't want to be like with i don't want to be hanging out with these guys i don't i, I just didn't want to be around them so then yeah like for me investing was a very lonely i guess journey um because yeah back then the, there weren't a lot of resources um like available and not a you know lot of, you know. sorry yeah, oh, yeah, yeah so sorry to cut you off i was gonna say one thing that mm -hmm. jumped out to me what you just said there was like the word encouraging and one thing i get from all of your guys's content is that it is 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 very encouraging and uplifting especially for these people that maybe feel lonely and that's um i i don't know if that's a women thing in particular but that's certainly something i recognize from all of your different channels and 
you know, presences is it is very encouraging, which I, I think is really, really mm -hmm. special. Um, Shay, have you, you haven't even said anything again. Shay's usually never <laughs> says anything. <laughs> I'm shy. I'm just kidding. Um, for me, it's, uh, it's very interesting because this is the, this is like years ago before I had YouTube, I was already trading full time. And then I have friends at a time who it was, I, I really remember this one guy friend who just always called me gambling. And this is like 2016, 2017, I was already trading full time at the time. Like for me, it's like, okay, I don't care what you think. It's okay. So I've, I've always just kind of stayed in my lane. Uh, and then it's only after I started a YouTube channel in 2019 and then the channel got really big in 2020 and 2021 years later, he slid into my DM asking, yo, should I buy this stock or not? So That's many years so funny. Like, I was gambling, dude. Like what happened? What happened? Yep. <laughs> he chased yeah, his clout. Yeah. He saw, he saw you getting all the clout and then he wanted to get back, uh, get back. Eh? But it's like, I'm doing the exact same thing as I was in 2016, 2017. Nothing has changed. So it's just a, a lot of times I think it's important for females to like, you know, investors, traders to have at least some presence. So, so I think it would be good for both genders to understand that, hey, it really doesn't matter whether you are men or women, you can invest, you can trade as long as you do it the right way and do it with the right education and you do it with caution, right? So I think it's like, I'm so glad like, I can see so many ladies here. Like, it's yeah. my first time meeting a lot of you guys too. It, it, so it is. I'm. Your faces. Yeah. It is really special. And like I said, when I, I don't want to downplay, like it's, it's really cool that we're able to do this. Um, you guys, we all have a connection together. And like, in fact, we, we are all on the Blossom app, FYI, like how we know each other. Well, we're all creators on the Blossom app, which is again, like download for free, download down below. Um, and you'll see a lot of these ladies portfolios and sharing their thoughts. Um, I can link all that stuff below, but thank you for sharing Shay. Let's move on to one specifically for Cass. And I like this one. Um, who managed or handled the money in your family growing up or currently? Obviously, you're an adult now, but yeah, what was the situation there for you? Yeah, so both my parents worked. Um, so they both had income coming in from their separate jobs, but my dad was the one who managed the money. Like my mom obviously knew the accounts and they kind of share, you know, they share the bank accounts when you get married or whatever, right? But yeah, but my mom was not as involved in that as she was with more like the household kind of traditional kind of gender gender roles kind of thing, if you can think of it that way. Um, but I thought that this was an interesting question because I never saw, because even though my dad managed the money growing up, we never really talked about it. And it wasn't like something like hush hush either, but it's just that there wasn't really a need to talk about it too much and especially not about investing and things like that. Um, so I kind of wonder, like, how did I get into this investing thing either? And I think that, like, with people who grow up in families where money isn't talked about or sometimes if it's even, like, encouraged to hush, like, don't talk about your salary, don't talk, don't ask, don't ask your dad how much money he makes. Don't ask uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Cass. Um, I really liked where she was going there. But, Sorry, oh, she's am back. I back, okay. guys? You're good. Yeah. yeah. Back. My best friend's calling me. I just rejected her call. Sorry. Anyways, but I think that in household where like no matter who's managing the money or or if talking about money is encouraged or not, I think that and especially if it's not encouraged to talk about money, I think that a lot of people have to find their way uh, and learn on their own. Right. That's kind of what I did personally. 
And、mm-hmm. I feel like no matter who manages your money, like、uh, if it was your mom or your dad or whoever it was, like、um, especially women today, like where it's where we're working now, we're earning our own money, right?、Mm-hmm. And you know, money is something that affects everybody in the modern world today. So I feel like it's super important just to learn about money as well. So I kind of went off topic there, but I'm really curious to hear about what how money was talked about in you guys' household, or if like it was more male dominated. Or I, I'm really curious about that. Well, I could say that it's just been、um, me and my dad. It's just been me and my dad growing up. So, well, long story short, he took care of his own finances. I took care of my own finances.、Um, mm. All I was ever taught to do was to save money. That's all. You want to talk about money? Okay, I'll tell、mm. you. Save it. That's it.、Mm-hmm. Well, obviously now, like we all know, there's high interest savings accounts. There's investments. There are GICs. Um, EF, um, EFTs, ETF, sorry, mutual funds. So now, I mean, and I don't blame my dad for telling me to just save money because he didn't have the education that we have now. If there's so many resources online,、mm-hmm. you could just go to. But that's just how I've been taught to just save money. It's like cert, like、mm-hmm. what you said, Cass. It's like. The traditional, I can see where traditionally, again, maybe I'm like overspeaking, but where where the gender roles were more, you know, clear, like not clear, excuse me, but、yeah. like they were more defined. You know, you know what I'm trying to say, like where women were,、sure. like let's let's say to raise the children, stay in the household, not to do finances. I think now it's you know each and every year that goes by, that's just becoming less and less of a thing. And like you said, women are making their own money, they're doing their own business, and with the access to information, like you said, Joey, there's like. It's very different today than it was maybe,、um, you know, twenty years ago. It's just like more, not just more acceptable. Like it's encouraged, and it's you know, you girls are all playing a part in, in helping, like helping that message and narrative that this is e- equal for everybody, and you can do whether you're man or female or or whatever,、um, you know, whatever you you are, you can manage your finances, right? Yeah, I think that's and especially、say. today where the, and also where the cost of living is so high. I feel like maybe typically okay the one. The man could be the breadwinner if that was how it, society traditionally was, etc. Right? Or, or even the woman today, right? But even today, it's like to be the breadwinner of one family. Like you need to be making a lot of money, especially if you want to continue living in the GTA or Vancouver area, especially high cost of living areas. And so, in that、yeah. way, women are kind of forced to work if you want to, you know, have a certain、yep. standard of, of living, right? And because of that, I feel like. You know, I I didn't I wasn't really interested in money growing up, but I kind of became interested in it because I thought to myself, oh, I need to learn how this money thing works if I want to have a good quality of life. And so,、um, you know, as we kind of move away from more traditional household incomes and things like that, I think it's really important for for men and women just to know where their money is going and how to how to you know sustain themselves for the future, right? So that's really where it comes from. Uh, where my desire to learn and to invest and save comes from, at least. But yeah, I, lo- I love that. And by the way, for those that aren't familiar, Cass,、um, uh, big big、uh, TikTok page, which again we I can link all your guys' stuff down below so that people can go check you guys out and have more people to follow. But amazing job on what you've done over on the short form platforms. Do do very well. And I wanted to kick it over to Michelle, which I really like the name of your brand, the Sassy Investor. Is、uh, that one just jumps out to me? I like that the sassy investor. Maybe you can, but before answering this question,、uh, elaborate on on why that is what what the name you chose. But the question I, I wanted to ask you was like, when it comes to investing in particular, 
what do you see differently between men and women? Is there even a difference uh, how we approach things, um, the way we do things? Uh, just, yeah, maybe a general talk on that. Yeah, there's, there's a, there is a big difference. Um, and I just, I guess like over the years, like working with both uh, men and women and just talking to many people, I just, you know, come to realize, and even like reading, you know, uh, reports out there, women are generally more risk averse. Um, and men do tend to take more risks. Um, and generally, and men are more likely to listen to stuff out there and just invest on a whim, right? Whereas women, they're willing to take risks, but they have to understand it first. Um, and I like maybe, yeah. Yeah, calculated risks. They're absolutely willing to do that, but they're not going to do anything until they know for sure what they're doing and they're confident. So, I like to compare them to like both genders. Like, I like to compare it by from uh, by using like an IKEA furniture like example, right? So when we're building furniture, women will you know look at the book and be like step one, two, three, four, five, mm. whereas men will look at the photo and just toss it away and just go and go right to like step six kind of thing, right? Um, and that's that's the comparison I like to. No, I love that. That's a very I, I love I love that as well. That's um mm -hmm. hey that's. That's the first I've heard of that analogy, but that is a that is amazing, actually, and it's very very true, uh, Michelle. Mm -hmm. I was think, as you were saying that I'm thinking like when it comes to purchasing, if I'm gonna go buy something on Amazon, like I see it and I buy it, and my yeah. wife will spend a week, like like more than a week, <laughs> to buy the small review. Like it's just yeah. calculated, and that's I guess exactly. just the difference in impulse and everything. And and that IKEA example was a another perfect example. I never thought of that when it comes to investing, mm -hmm. but I can certainly see how that is actually a very accurate comparison yeah thank mm -hmm. you yeah no problem and that's yeah so that's like uh an observation um like i've seen over the years and i guess it still stands right and then over the years as i see you know things that come up like people investing in those meme stocks and bitcoin and all these things um i feel like a lot of the people that kind of jump in and just kind of you know, impulse invest or whatever you want to call it, it they mm -hmm. tend to lean to, towards men, right? And then going on Reddit and going on the forums and just, you know, listening to all this noise out there. Um, whereas women, if they don't understand it, they're just not going to do it. And, but it kind of works, like it, it works against them too, when they're just having money sit there and do nothing um, until they invest the time into learning about how to invest and stuff like that. So, you know, that it's, it kind of I'm, I'm kind of like balances out you know not taking enough risk is risky taking too much risk is risky yeah no those are some amazing amazing points um that's awesome michelle uh tracy financial dorana mama this one is particularly particularly for you at if you could travel back in time and go back to maybe when you're in your 20s or i have here you know if someone was in their 30s or 40s how would you have started and this could be either in terms of your financial situation like you know just overall finance or investing in particular feel free to choose either of those but you know now you have obvious experience that you wouldn't have had when you were in, when you were 20 um what would you kind of tell yourself if you were to go back to that time frame well thanks brendan uh, i was gonna say you know what i've actually experienced all those decades <laughs> so i can actually go back in time and actually uh, you know i'm not i'm cool with revealing my age we, we um, couldn't tell yeah <laughs> I was going to say, if I were to go back in my 20s, I was just reflecting on, you know, um, when I was younger, um, I was such a cheapskate, only because I was also just broke. 
And um, I just thought I could just jump in and learn investing by just reading books. It's, but that's the same thing as saying like, you're gonna learn a sport by, by reading books. And um, I made a lot of mistakes just reading books. So I would say like in your 20s, you don't have a lot of money. I would say that probably one of the best things you could do for yourself is to find a mentor, a, a coach, you know, just like people are finding like these fabulous women on TikTok, on YouTube, just find someone that you can see yourself becoming because mm -hmm. that's going to really help. And I wish like, I had more of that in my 20s there wasn't and that's why I show up on YouTube is because I want you know want more more females in there and I would say another thing you could do in your 20s is um, just just invest with whatever money you have like an index funds or create your dividend snowball I know dividends growth stocks is not like you know which are stocks that actually pay out you money like quarterly every year like the boring banks and utilities and sure, they don't make a great return, but if you let it compound over time, and especially if you plan to have kids in the future, you don't have to sell your stocks to reap the rewards of the income, you know, versus like just investing in growth stocks, which I also made a mistake of just investing growth stocks like really early, like the Apples and the Microsofts like a billion years ago. I don't know, they haven't existed a billion years. So that's one thing, those are the two things I would say. 20s invest at the find a mentor and coach and then um, invest consistently in index funds or um, given growth stocks or both and as for 30s this is probably about the time where you're starting to look for a house or a place to live in I would say that um, consider house hacking I know this is going to be super contrarian thinking I mean in, in places like GTA and Vancouver is just almost no choice but in other cities, um, it's always like maybe look frowned upon. You're like, why would you be house cat hacking? Which is means yeah. like you have other tenants paying down your mortgage, and and people say, well, don't you make enough to like afford a mortgage? But but by doing that, you reduce your ex expenses substantially, and it doesn't take that much time. That's the biggest thing. It doesn't. So if you're a busy professional, and you know you're having you're planning to start a family like you're not going to have a lot of time so that's where i said house hacking is just like a game changer so and if you could rinse and repeat this meaning house hacking live in a starter home and then move out and then keep that home because you you save very well because you had someone paying down your mortgage and then rinse and repeat that like three times in your lifetime you already have three properties just by doing that and that doesn't take a significant amount of time to do that um and then as for 40s, I would say that because you're probably in a higher income bracket at that time, you know, you, you've hustled, you worked hard, and you're, you're moving up in your career, I would say, you know, take a portion of the money that you save and invest in yourself every single year. Um, that, that will really shorten your learning curve. And, and um, rather than, you know, just learning, you, you don't have as much time as when you're in 20. So this is the time to actually shorten your learning curve in your 40s and substantially uh, find, just find a coach or mentor to just really accelerate your investing, your financial literacy journey. Anyone yeah. want to jump in, add to that? Oh, Tracy, the what do you exactly, yeah. what do you exactly mean when you say invest in yourself? What specifically do you mean by that? Do you mean so, like courses uh, or yeah i want to know courses yeah for sure courses uh find a coach 
Um, mm. You know, join groups, like be surrounded by someone that, that you know, um, does what you want to do or you can aspire to. Because I feel like definitely like I found like as I was trying to find a mentor and role model and I've been trying to find for a long, long, long time, there's not a lot of women out there. And so once you find that person that you resonate with and that can help you, like learn as much as you can from that person, read their books or take their courses or take their workshops, you know, this is going to build your confidence as well as just learning and, and you'll be able to get feedback. Gotcha. Thank you. I love that. No, great suggestions there, Tracy. Um, here's a question that's not so much, I guess, uh, gender specific, but you know, I'm looking at the variety and the diversification of our different, uh, you know, backgrounds culturally, uh, and I know that in different areas of the world, you know, where you're raised or what your parents were done, like I believe it was uh, Joy, you were mentioning you were just taught to save, 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 and not really invest. What What are some, if anyone wants to share, like some cultural beliefs that you had uh, growing up? maybe it was not to invest it was too risky or i just was told to save uh, money um does anyone have anyone have anything that they'd want to share on that topic um i could jump in i have i would say like growing up as a in a chinese family like people first generation immigrant family i think real estate is a big thing like yeah um, I, I agree to, yeah. <laughs> yeah like that was like what i grew up with was like okay you invest to invest in real estate of course my family had no money but my watching like my relatives who house hacked um right. and 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 were on minimum wage and still was able to like you know own a couple of properties over their lifetime i was like how come my family didn't do that um but they were big on real rental properties it was always a common topic but my parents so never what, really did it and is that Tracy in lieu of investing? Like, hey, not like if you're gonna put your money towards stocks or real estate, you would allocate that towards saving up for a down payment. That's kind of what you're getting at. Um, no, they said like if you were to invest, it would be invest in like real estate. It's like oh, okay. because it's tangible um, versus right. like not not a lot of talk about never talking about stocks actually. Same for you, Michelle. Yeah, I see Michelle nodding. Hmm. Yeah, it was like a one or the other right they are apples to oranges like in terms of like the types of investments but then people were always like oh no stock markets are too risky um you know and they can't they can't see it it's not tangible um mm -hmm. whereas real estate it always goes up and all these things right but and it's like no there's a lot of risks when it comes to real estate like i bought a student property when i was in university right like i learned very young i'm like oh i don't really want to <laughs> um do this um like i like i chose the stock markets but I, like i learned from very young that it's a different um type of investments there type of investment right it was yeah. um it's just there are risks that come along with it and it was a market that's not like it was today because that was back in like 2000 and three 2004 right where you could actually lose money um you know selling a house um in like in ontario so it was always um like growing up um in a chinese family like my aunt um like my family they owned multiple properties but they all say the same thing it's like it's very labor intensive i hate it there's so much work involved but they yeah. never thought about investing in the stock markets because i guess they don't understand it um they prefer something tangible fair that's fair yeah shay cass 
hopefully. For me, um, since my, my parents, I mean, all entire family were first generation immigrants. So, so when we moved to Canada, it's, I don't think it's, I think my parents would have invested if they had the money. But for them, it's just they never had any extra money to invest in. They understand investing to a certain degree, um, but they just have never had the money to invest. Um, so, so yeah, same in my family. Like we were always just taught to not spend money and save money. Um, but I think they would have tried to invest and tried to understand it if they had the money. I think that was the thing. Yeah, I so I was never taught investing growing up either. Just I think. Money. One thing too, I don't know, this could be off base, but I also think like, let's assume your parents came from China or, you know, Asia, Hong Kong, wherever it is. I would assume that the the markets over there are probably more shakier and less established in a lot of these different parts of the world than they are here. Like I know, for example, you know, in like South America, um, a lot of people we I speak with come from Brazil, Colombia, and they just, it's just not a thing to invest because it's just too volatile uh, again mm -hmm. i don't know if that's fair to say but that could definitely be where the cultural thing stem from is like well i don't really trust the financial markets over there but i do trust living in a home and i do trust you know having a place to live and that's kind of what's been passed down uh, at least possibly again i'm just speculating but i do think now again with the more access to to the stock market and um just how things have evolved over the decades I think that it's a pretty even comp comparable, if you will, like you said, it's apples and oranges, they're different. Um, but I guess clearly all you ladies do invest in the stock market too, and that's what you do and talk about. So it's cool to see that um, you guys have, you know, in many cases do both, or at least open to, to one idea or the other. Um, when when I was, oh, sorry. Oh, go for when it, Joe, yeah. When I was younger, like when I started investing at 19, my dad actually told me not to invest. Hmm. And not to, to invest. To, yeah, he said, don't do it. Invest in real estate instead, you know. But although I was 19, I was thinking, why not do both, right? Hmm. Like, hmm. use the stock market to help you with the down payment. Hmm. And that's exactly what I did, right? I, my, I bought a condo with my ex-partner like last year. And I believe the sole reason why I was able to have half a down payment is because of the stock market. Hmm. So I think it's very important for people to take away that it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can hmm. use the stock market to help you with the down payment. Hmm. And it's hard because sometimes our parents want to steer us in the in the right direction because and it's usually because they love us, right? But sometimes like you just have to have the fortitude to kind of you know, respectfully. You don't know what you're talking about, yeah. Uh, I, I know, and like, sometimes you just have to have the ability to respectfully, and you know, it's not super, like investing in the stock market is not super risky as most people assume, but I can see that if someone's not educated on it, then they may assume that. And uh, sometimes you just have to respectfully kind of go against uh, what they are asking of you, right? And, but usually, uh, you know, they want, it's, it's for our well-being, right? But sometimes you just have to kind of go against with what they say in a respectful manner, of course, but not, condoning disrespect to parents, but you know, for sure. So I think so true. I, yeah. Takeaway is that our parents don't know what they're talking about, right? Ever. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing, Cass. Or, or, or friends. I was going to say, I would say like, yeah. um, 
being being going back in my twenties, I actually had all my friends I, and I was investing in rental properties and stocks, and they would say, "Oh, why are you doing that? Like, you're gonna become a slumlord." Uh, and then yeah. my parents are like, "You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't go continue, just keep buying properties." It was like really frowned upon what I was doing, and but mm. thank God I didn't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank God. I mean, that's mm. a lot of people would cater and crave, you know, cave to what they're. The pressures are from either their family or friends so that's um that's a that's a great great little point there um shay here's one that i find is an interesting question um i don't day trade obviously um but uh from your experience are men or women better at trading mm, i think it's um it's interesting because i think it's similar to what michelle said earlier men well, women take risks too, but men will take, at least in trading specifically, they will take aggregated risk in which like a lot of people will go all in um, on the stock when they're trading. Um, and I see a lot of men do that. And women, they're generally a little bit, like they'll still take risks, but it's more calculated. Like if they can only afford to lose $100, that's all the risk they do. Instead of throwing the entire $5,000 account in there. So that's what I see. But I think in terms of who is better at trading, I don't think I don't think it really matters whether you are a guy or a girl um, trading the stock market. I think we both have equal chances of losing money. That's for sure. Um, but I would just say, like, you know, whoever can take care of the risk and calculate the risk and uh you know really understand risk management and have the emotional discipline uh, down can become a successful day trader so that's whether you're you're a man or a woman hmm. really good point yeah. uh i think we have just one or two more questions here and this one i actually really like i don't know how many of us will be able to speak on this whether we have a spouse or a partner uh that we live with but in general like do you have any good suggestions on how to talk to your partner, like husband or you know, wife, about finances, about money, about you know how to manage things, uh, joint accounts, this or that? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on this question? This is one of my favorite questions, by the way. I'm very single, so someone else has to take this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm single as well, but I think that, or isn't it a fact that like 90% of marriages fail because of finances or something like mm. that. Yeah, I read that stat too. It's really sad. That's, a, that's a big I'm part. Sure. There's a big part of the problem. There's probably underlying <laughs> things as well and that just kind of exasperates it. And there's, um, I was gonna say like, there's also this debate about combining finances or not. And so I've heard that people sometimes are encouraged to meet in the middle where yes, have a combined account with your spouse or long-term partner, but also have your separate money as well. So I don't know how successful that is, but that's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, I could jump in. I, I'm married. So I've been married mm -hmm. for like, I don't know. Uh, actually, my husband knows that he says it's a long time. <laughs> it's like 17 years or whatever it is. Um, wow. I think a big one is you got to think of it as like a team sport. Okay. Mm -hmm. And just like any sport, you got to know the, the rules of the game and how to win together the, uh, towards a common goal. So for my husband, and I, he's not a big planner by any means but i i talk about visioning and, and planning with him and by doing that then we we start talking about well what what does he feel what's his values what's his priorities 
And of course, I already screened him before I married him, knowing that my values are the same as him. But I would say a big thing is when you when you do set up with a partner is to really talk about roles and responsibilities and um, how you how you work together as a team towards your shared financial goals. Whether that's joint accounts, it could be successful, or it could be a separate accounts, which could also be successful. But for my husband and I, it was very clear my husband um, wasn't interested in investing, and I was the big one on investing. So to this day, and it's been a long time, that I still continue to be the the person that is like the chief investment officer in the family, and my husband's just like um, doesn't really even know what's in the bank account, honestly. So, yeah. but it could be different when every um, relationship, you know, like in my family, my mom and dad were complete opposite. So I would say really set your roles and responsibilities and, and start with fun activities like visioning exercise and talking about individual goals and dreams. And then that mm-hmm. way you can come up with something that you can work together as a team. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and just that. Just to add to that, I would say um, exactly that. Just have these, like these, these may be uncom- uncomfortable conversations. Just but, but make it comfortable. You can play like you know. Yeah. Would you rather, right? Like, would you, would you rather would you rather go on this massive trip to Europe or whatever, or would you do this, right? Because you can learn a lot about a person based on like those answers. Um, and you know, like you mentioned, it's all about values, right? Like it's you know, it's very, it's fundamentally important, not just for like money in a relationship, but just in a relationship in general. So it's, you know, through when you're in a relationship, you learn a lot about the person through observation, how they're spending, how they're, you know, like their behavior around money, you get to see a lot of it. And I think it's really important for people to be very observant about that. And then you can kind of like, you'd be able to kind of project how they would behave um with money and how your future will go because if you see a partner or your partner like just spending all their money and constantly racking up that or whatever like it's not going to be a very um you know like a very positive outlook uh financially mm-hmm. right so you can you can just kind of tell by the way they behave now but definitely like just having these conversations outright whether they're comfortable or not you make it comfortable you have to like if you can't even talk about that like it's you kind of wonder what else you can't talk about, right? And that's not healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like um, a really good way to kind of start talking about money and like these values when in terms of financial values is like you, you start, you can start out small. Like you don't go on the third date and start talking about, oh, should we have a third date? <laughs> <laughs> I start small with like, you know, oh, you get this one. Okay, I'll get the next one. And then it starts talking about, okay, that, do you want to go to that restaurant? Oh, is it too much? Okay, I'll pay for it this time. And you can get the next one. And then you move on to like, you know, as you progress in your relationship or, you know, whichever situation you're in, you start talking about bigger things like travel planning. Okay, is this uh, hotel in your budget or our budget? Are we comfortable yeah. split, uh, splitting it? But you start graduating into like bigger issues and eventually you talk about home buying, retirement, investing, like everyone's responsible for this, whether you are like a man or a woman, you have to at least understand the basics about like how you like, like what Tracy, you said, you are a team, like how you two together are going to tackle this situation. Um, So I, you know, at least for me, for whoever I'm with, they also have to be at least on the same page about understanding finances, understanding you know the basics of 
stock market, right? You don't have to be a trader. I think one crazy is enough in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but like at least have some like basic financial knowledge. I think that's very important. Like I want a team player as well. I'm yeah. taking notes. So <laughs> go, you said go slow. So don't ask them for a credit report on first date. <laughs> Maybe second date, second date. Toy. Well, I never <laughs> asked that at all. Okay, I'll write that down. <laughs> Credit, no, you, could, uh, you would know um, my so I would say like it'd be really hard to tell if I was to look back um, my husband always wanted to pay he's just like the traditional like I want to pay um, but but that's I realized that was because it was his on his mom and dad's dime and then um, all of a sudden all of a sudden oh he God. graduated nice. from engineering and then it also became his own money and then I noticed the shift where it became cheap. his own money yeah then he was like way more frugal but he still paid for things but he was way more financially responsible which i liked because obviously i was i was still dating him and i realized that shift and i thank goodness because he did was into big brand names so i would say like yeah just 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 kind of realize what what they're maybe why are they spending money is it because it's not their own money too is <laughs> a big one yeah mm -hmm. that's that's really cool i really enjoyed those insights i it's funny i was like i was thinking you guys were going to give actual like you know practical suggestions of like joint accounts or this but what i kind of took away from that is like it's not so there's many different ways to do a relationship finance it's yeah. what's more important is being able to communicate with each other test things with each other and like being you know like you said working together regardless of what that way is and that you can have success in many different ways but uh, at least that's what i'm taking away from it if i am accurate mm -hmm. on that well hey let's do one final question here guys because we're running up on you know 40 minutes and i uh, appreciate everybody's time i know we got lots of other things to do this is just a fun one you know not so much uh investing uh, related but passive ideas for a busy or working mom and i don't know if we have moms uh, in in here today i don't want to speculate but um <laughs> yeah i know how my, my, yeah, I have a daughter, right? She's uh, 13 months now, and I see how busy my, my wife is. It's literally a full-time, like, it's new to me. I, I didn't realize how, like, incredibly time-consuming and challenging it is. It's, like, more than a full-time job. Um, that said, for everything we talked about today, like, trying to, like, boost the family's, you know, finances and have a second income from a wife, there's a lot of different, um, probably, ideas in the modern day that could help earn a little extra income. So. Does anyone have any fun ideas or suggestions for the ladies watching? Uh, fun little ways to make some passive income, maybe on the side. Um, I could jump in. I'm a mom. I have twins. Um, they're 12 years old. Twins. I would. Yeah, I was gonna say passive income ideas. Make your make your kids work. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, they haven't. Uh, they haven't quite worked. Well, in that, um, I do get them to learn how to hustle. So they're into animations. And so I'm teaching them really early that you can make income by, by doing animations and you get to add a skill. So they're helping on my YouTube videos. Of course I pay them, but I, I mean, to me, it's like, it's gonna, it's gonna return back to me one day. And so that's like sort of my, my passive income idea. My other passive income ideas, like they, they help with household active um, chores. So then yeah. you don't, have to hire a cleaner. So with that, that's like just quick fun ways and you're adding you, skills for your kids. You know, what, you know what I think is so cool about that, Tracy? It almost goes like full circle how one of the questions we were talking about, like our parents and what they taught us culturally about saving and not investing and whatnot. And that's just how, you know, 
how that was passed down through generations and like now you're you know giving ideas to your kids to already start you know earning extra signing like do a little this and helping with your youtube it's just like cool to see how the generations are going to be very different right the way you know you're passing this information whether it's financial or little getting them working at age 12. Uh, i think it's just really personally i think it's really cool to see the the difference right uh, the the transition uh, if that makes sense yeah. anybody uh, else i'm not a mom but i have a friend she's a stay-at-home mom but they rent out their basement suite as airbnb and like she, she runs the entire operation from home and she's like she makes like an extra two thousand dollars a month yeah. So that's like something Ooh. if I become a mom one day, I would totally want to do. I'm home all the time anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's also, a really good idea. I Big attack in the life. <laughs> and I, I also know people in my personal life as well who they actually do. Um, so they host foreign exchange students. And um, so they, they collect maybe $800, $900 from students who are studying English uh, here in Canada. They're usually from like China or Japan. And yeah, they yeah. like live in their house and they're integrated with the family life and they collect some income in that way too. Yeah. I had my entire upbringing, I had homestays. Like my mom had homestays and like my bet, like one of the homestays was like my best friend. Like he's like, he's the best <laughs> ever from China. This big, uh, you know, like literally from just mainland China came speaking no English and um, he's like still to this day, one of my best friends. So like I got, had a buddy growing up and um, there was other ones that came in and out, which maybe weren't as, as fun, but this guy is just the best. And yeah, that's it. De definitely a way to make income. I had an idea, which I just thought about. Um, we just got these photos done for um, for my daughter when she turned one, right? Like this, these like, you know, nice photos. There's a cake and like, she did all these posing and stuff. And we did it out of another mom's like house. Like they just converted one of their rooms into a studio and like, it was all white and it was like super nice. She bought like lighting and she, I mean, obviously yes, photography skills, but uh, I forget how much the photos were, but they're not cheap to get a thing done like that. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a little extra income that uh, that busy mother, she had like three kids and she was still doing this as a side gig. Like it reminded me of what you said, said Shay, where it's still out of the house, you know, it's like, um, but uh, converting, you know, a studio in your room into some sort of a business idea. But that was one that just popped in my head. There's also a, like going to, and I did this myself too, but I know like moms who bring their kids to these, it's uh, doing those um, commercials and being like an extra. Mm, so yeah, my best friend, she took her kid to do, to apply to be in a commercial or whatever, right? They'll pay you for your time. And then bonus of your child gets actually featured, they get the, they have to pay for image rights. So those can be like, you know, couple hundred dollars for a day of just sitting around you do maybe like really like half an hour of posing or whatever actual work and then um can be a couple thousand dollars if they end up being in a commercial or whatever it is right so it's yeah. that's a really good uh side hustle that's like, a fun one i would minimal never... minimal effort <laughs> yeah minimal yeah. effort big one i i was gonna also add like uh well, obviously, investing in dividend stocks or some type of side in like investing where they actually generates an income. I know it's slow mm -hmm. at first, but it compounds. And so mm -hmm. you don't have to actually keep w working. Literally, you could just invest once and create a lifetime of passive income. So I would say like that was probably the if I had to go back in time, that would be the first one I would start with. And then, of course, add the house hacking like um, Shay is. And until this day, I actually still have a foreign student in my home. And um, yeah. I, and I'm doing this purposely because I want to show my kids, you know, it, it, it's it's that's 
the way to do it. That's like, you know, that's how you can generate extra income and, and be integrated with family. So I purposely do that to show my kids like that's that's part of life. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, that's a great examples for them. Well, guys, we are coming up on a, almost an hour here. So I guess unless we have any final thoughts, uh, I think this was actually a really uh, big blast for me. Like I, I learned so much and this is not what I usually talk about in all honesty. Um, it's not that I try not to talk about it, but it's just uh, I don't. And I think it's really cool to hear all of your guys' perspectives. Um, and again, I, I'll say it again. Like I think it's really cool what each and every one of you guys does. Um, it's if I see another like you know male uh, YouTuber or TikToker, it's like ah you know whatever. But you see you know you're, you you ladies doing it. Um, it's it's filling a void. So I just want to say keep it up. And um, I'll definitely include all of. Uh, your links and your social stuff down in the description for those that aren't familiar hopefully this video was able to showcase some more women in the space that i'm sure a lot, a lot of uh new faces to a lot of my subscribers and i hope uh i hope the women are i hope ever, anybody that watched this found this interesting and maybe you guys can let let us know down in the, the comment section below what you thought and if you know any of these creators but yeah i guess unless we have any final thoughts um it's uh, yeah, it's been a blast. I have one for yeah. every for every eighteen year old in Ontario, because I guess it's a nineteen year old in BC to open an mm -hmm. account. Learn to invest and learn it now. Literally, that's yeah. the take. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a great takeaway. Like that's I think one of the underlying themes that you know we've all been saying is just like if we can get the ball rolling, get started. There's there's no reason to to not so no that's a, yeah, a your, great your greatest asset right now is time yeah yeah for sure like tracy talked about yeah exactly no <laughs> it's like it's so like true. um uh girl it's oh sorry brendan <laughs> i'm just like sorry cutting out no i'm gonna say it's like um i don't know i i love cherries and i always thought i wish i had a cherry tree in my backyard and you know when you're in your 20s they're like oh i have so much time so much time but you know if you planted like a cherry tree in your backyard by the time you're 50 all of a sudden you get free cherries and so you don't have to pay for like expensive cherries all the time so that's the same with investing you think you have a lot of time but it takes a lot of time for you for you to enjoy the fruits of your labor so plant it early i love that analogy awesome guys well hey thank you for taking the time i will wrap up here um it was a blast and i hope i will chat with you guys all soon thanks everyone thank you. Thank bye you. guys bye. thank you, you.